Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with a historic moment on Capitol Hill. For the first time, a speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives has been thrown out. The office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. Kevin McCarthy was removed from his post after just nine months in the job. Eight Republicans joined every Democrat present in a roll call vote against the speaker, led by conservative firebrand Matt Gates. He made an agreement to fulfill certain commitments to make this an open and honest process, and he has failed to meet those commitments, and that's why we are here. Gates's move now leaves the House without a permanent leader and no clear successor for McCarthy. The now former speaker says he does not plan to run for the job again, but he has no regrets. I do not regret negotiating. Our government is designed to find compromise. I don't regret my efforts to build coalitions and find solutions. Lawmakers are set to vote for a new speaker on October 11th. They're out on recess for the rest of the week. Some names that have been floated include House Majority Leader Steve Scalise and Patrick McHenry, who is now serving as interim speaker. Well, Nathan, the reaction to McCarthy's ouster is still pouring in. Bloomberg political contributor Jeannie Sheehan-Zeno says it's shocking. Pretty much everything you say about politics today starts with the words unprecedented, historic, strange, you know, and that's the sort of the position that we are in. And it just doesn't look like we are near the end of it at this point. A house in chaos, a continuing resolution gets us through the 17th of November. The date Bloomberg political contributor Jeannie Sheehan-Zeno mentioned is the next shutdown deadline. Henrietta Trey's managing partner and director of economic policy at Veda Partners says the odds are growing. But the odds of a shutdown have to start at 65 percent or higher. Um, for my clients, I usually am at about 5 percent. I'm very bearish on these kinds of things. I was only at 25 percent. We would shut down going into this weekend. Um, now that we're in this new world, I think you have to start at at least 65. I think there's a strong argument to make for 75, and I bet the street will be much higher than me. And that shutdown deadline is November 17th. Henrietta Trey's at Veda Partners and notes Moody's has already warned its confidence in U.S. governance is wavering. It's the only credit agency that still has a top rating for the U.S. And we have other major political news this morning, Karen. A gag order has been issued for all parties in the Donald Trump fraud trial in New York. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. The judge saying that Trump posted on social media an attack on the judge's clerk and shared a photo to his followers. The judge saying any attack of any members of his staff are not acceptable. Also told parties not to talk about the case outside the courtroom. Now going into today's hearing, Trump... He's been given false information, misleading information, and corrupt information by a very corrupt and incompetent attorney general. Trump deleted the post. I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ed, thanks. Meanwhile, the blockbuster trial of FTX co-founder Sam Bankman-Fried is also underway in New York. And Bloomberg's Kaylee Lines is covering the trial for us and filed this report from Lower Manhattan. 
Dan Bankman-Fried was present in the courtroom on Tuesday. He had a shorter haircut. That signature mop of curly hair is gone. He was also wearing a suit that appeared too big for him. It seems that he may have lost some weight while in detention at the Metropolitan Detention Center. Of course, this case really centers around the implosion of FTX and Alameda Research, the crypto exchange and the separate hedge fund, both of which he had founded. And prosecutors say he orchestrated one of the greatest financial frauds in U.S. history. Kaylee Lines at the federal courthouse in Manhattan for Bloomberg News. Okay, Kaylee, thank you. Well, it's been quite the eventful morning in markets as well. Earlier, the 30-year Treasury briefly hit 5% for the first time since 2007. Right now, it's at about 4.93. We get more from our markets reporter, Valerie Titel. This route in the Treasury market is just absolutely phenomenal. Honestly, I've never seen anything like it myself. I've been in the markets for for nearly 15 years now. Uh, This steepening that we're seeing uh, since Jerome Powell's testimony two weeks ago, that was 10 sessions ago. Bloomberg's Valerie Titel says the sell-offs being seen around the globe. Germany's 10-year benchmark rate climbed to 3%, a level unseen since 2011. Well, Nathan, the market reaction follows more hawkish talk from the Fed. Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostic said the Fed should hold rates at elevated levels for a long time to bring inflation back down to its 2% target. What I'm, I'm grateful to say is that we've seen inflation come down. I feel like we're in restrictive space now. And now that we just need to let that restriction play out and let, let it bring inflation, continue to bring inflation down to get back into the range of our target. And, and if we can do that, that would be a good thing. Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostic says he expects just one rate cut will be appropriate in 2024 toward the end of the year. And Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says she's very optimistic about the U.S. economy. Short-term inflation is coming down in the context of an extremely strong labor market. We're now engaging in a very substantial program of investments to strengthen our economy. And Secretary Yellen also indicated higher longer-term rates could pose a threat to the global economy. All right, Nathan, thanks. It is time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. And good morning, Karen. President Joe Biden canceling an additional $9 billion in student loan debt. Let's get more in this report this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The program the president is expected to detail today will bring relief for 125,000 borrowers through changes to programs intended to aid public servants, Americans with disability, and low-income borrowers. It includes $5.2 billion for 53,000 borrowers in public service loan forgiveness programs. The administration also identified 51,000 additional borrowers who paid for at least 20 years but never got relief. It is the president's latest action to aid borrowers after the Supreme Court blocked his debt relief plan and as payments resume for millions of Americans. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Radio. More than 75,000 health care workers preparing for the largest health care strike in U.S. history. This after talks between Kaiser Permanente and a coalition of employee unions have so far failed to produce a resolution. The strike set for today, it could interrupt health services for nearly 13 million people. The Justice Department unsealed indictments on several Chinese-based companies charged with shipping precursor chemicals used to produce fentanyl and other opioids into the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. These companies advertise the sale of precursor chemicals online using different websites and social media platforms. 
They then shipped the building blocks needed to create deadly drugs all over the world. The indictments charge five Chinese corporates and eight Chinese nationals. A history-making meeting that focuses on the future of the Catholic Church being held at the Vatican today. Catholic bishops, nuns, and lay people from around the world gathering in Rome for a meeting that will tackle some of the most sensitive topics that the church is facing. In a radical change, women and lay people will vote on specific proposals alongside bishops. Previously, only men could vote. The assembly will likely discuss controversial subjects, including the ordination of female deacons and the blessing of gay couples. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. Well, we bring you the news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio. But now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com. Plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And it's time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Cameron, it was the longest losing streak in the history of North American professional sports. The Minnesota Twins had lost 18 consecutive postseason games. The streak is over. And the pitch. Swing a high drive, deep left field, backing up Marshall on a run, turning. It's gone! Lewis will touch them all. A two-run shot to light them up here in Minneapolis. ESPN had the call two innings later. Lewis, who was called up from the minors in late May, homered again. So he provided the entire offense as the Twins beat the Blue Jays 3-1. to They hadn't won a postseason game since 2004. Earlier, Texas won 4-0 at Tampa Bay behind seven scoreless innings from Jordan Montgomery, who the Rangers acquired at the trade deadline. The National League, Arizona was down 3-0 early, came back, hit three home runs, won 6-3 at Milwaukee, and the Phillies behind the pitching of Zach Wheeler beat the Marlins 4-1. Game two's today with the winners yesterday looking for series clinchers and the losers looking to win and force a decisive game three. In college football, Iowa has lost its starting quarterback, Cade McNamara, the former Michigan QB, for the year. Torn ACL. There's going to be lineup changes in Pittsburgh. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin not happy about losing 30-6 to to Houston. Those changes could include a quarterback change. That's because of an injury to Kenny Pickett. If he can't play Sunday against Baltimore, it'll be Mitchell Trubisky. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for the Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. It took 15 votes to elect Speaker McCarthy as House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, but only one to kick him out after just nine months on the job. Now, Congress is left without a permanent leader for the first time in its history. 
And it's raising tough questions about what comes next and Washington's ability to govern with another shutdown deadline a little more than a month away. So let's put some of those questions now to Terry Haynes, the founder of Pangea Policy. Terry, we've used the words historic, unprecedented so many times when it comes to what's happening in Washington. But this really is one of those moments. I'd like to get your thoughts first on just the fact that Speaker McCarthy is out after such a limited amount of time. Uh, Sure. Sure, Nathan. Good morning. A couple of things. One, there's kind of the Washington small ball, and I don't mean to to disparage anybody that's involved in this, but the – um, there's kind of the you know the the back and forth about what happens next, and we'll talk about that. Um, you know, the bigger markets concern is that it's more. I think it's markets negative because it makes more intractable the two intertwined political crises we see in Washington now. Uh, first, the bar- bipartisan inability to re- reliably fund the government. I think that becomes tougher now, and I've I'm, I've a government shutdown in mid-November, up at up to 80 percent. And secondly, the bipartisan inability to address the out-of-control fiscal situation. I think this is embedding in world markets increasingly the view that the U.S. is unable to address uh, spending, debt, and deficits. So I think that's all bad. Does this move further entrench the four factions that you've talked about so many times, or could we see more bipartisanship come out of this just because Congress is so calcified at this point? Well, I think uh, thank you for uh, remembering the factions. Uh, the uh, The factions, I think, still exist. I think what ends up happening as as part of this is that the centrists in both parties become a little bit more empowered. Uh, than they were before. Uh, that's probably non-consensus in the political world. But the you know the centrists are always the ones who drive spending deals, uh, and there's an you know now now they have an extra uh, rationale to do so. They want to make sure that they uh, uh, they have the place functioning, that the government's funded, that their priorities funded, and a fu- and a uh, and a funded government uh, you know helps them best politically. Frankly, uh, they are centrists, and a lot of them are in. The Republicans, for example, a lot of them are in, uh, you know, marginal Biden districts. So uh, that helps them as well. Uh, the big problem is going to be, of course, uh, how long this the, the, this uh, lack of speaker goes on in the House. And uh, I know that the interim speaker, Mr. McHenry, would like to have a speaker election next Wednesday. Uh, I think he's right to want to place a timeline on it and do it fairly quickly. But at the same time, there's no guarantee that the uh, warring Republicans are going to be able to coalesce around a candidate. Yeah, we should talk about who some of these uh, potential candidates are that are going to try to find some coalescence. We've heard uh, Steve Scalise, the House Majority Leader, is already trying to uh, bandy about where the interest lies for him. Who could we see potentially uh, find some consensus around a potential speakership candidate? Well, you know, the... uh as, you know, Mr. Scalise, uh, of course, would want to move up. Mr. Emmer, the, uh, the 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 majority whip, would want to move up. Uh, there's a variety of other candidates out there. I also wouldn't. Uh, I commend to uh, listeners uh, a good article that you all have on your site uh, this morning about the different candidates. Uh, I also wouldn't uh, rule out Mr. McHenry continuing uh, because. He's one of the few people uh, in the body right now that is trusted by both sides, 
uh, and could be relied upon to kind of drive bargains and drive process in the House uh, to try to keep the uh, try to keep the spending bills moving and that sort of thing. Uh, but to drive uh, drive compromise as well, and uh, that's no small thing. McHenry, I think, very much does not want this position, um, and I'm uh, I mean that sincerely. I mean, he actually mm. doesn't want to be speaker, uh, but you know, neither did Paul Ryan, and look what happened to him. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it's entirely possible. Just thirty seconds left, Terry. What could Kevin McCarthy have done differently to keep his job? Um, nothing. Honestly, I, I don't think that's the case. You've got uh, you've got a situation where he, you know, he made it. He chose. You know, uh, sorry to stammer. He uh, he could have shut the government down and kept his job, I suppose. But then, uh, you know, the, the the greater good would not have been served, and uh, you know, he could have chosen to be completely partisan instead of mostly partisan. And uh, uh, but the country's better off that he didn't. I think. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.